Hey, I'm Nicole, your host of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. On this show, we're going to be talking tangible action that you can take in order to achieve the life you thought was only achievable after retirement. Everything you want now in life, you can have it. Will it take hard work, patience, and uncomfortable growth? You bet it will, but it will be so worth it. On this show, we will be deep diving into the topics of lifestyle design, travel, entrepreneurship, and everything in between. I myself am a global citizen and world traveler who left my home country and conventional lifestyle behind for a life of adventure and following my passions. And that's exactly what I want for you. It's your time to love your work, build your wealth, and create the lifestyle you've always dreamed of. Let's do this. Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, aka Nomad Neeks, and in this episode, I am so excited to sit down with our guest expert, Coach Shandy. Coach Shandy is a digital nomad who has a passion for helping other nomads prioritize their health and wellness. Shandy has helped countless clients overcome typical nomad barriers and achieve their health and fitness goals using her unique coaching approach, all while still being able to enjoy the traveling lifestyle of a nomad. I am so excited in this episode to chat all things traveling, health, fitness, being a nomad, and building a business. So let's dive right into it. Sandy, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I am so looking forward to our discussion today. But before we dive into it, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. And um, yeah, I'll try to keep it short. It's kind of a long story, but yeah, we'll try to keep it short. (laughs) So, yeah, I've also like from when I was very, very little, I loved traveling. That was, I think, kind of one of those things that I said, like it was always in my DNA. Um, but I didn't really act on it until I think my third, fourth year university. And I decided to do a semester abroad. And out of all the places I chose, I was like, the coolest place I think would have been Malaysia. So I decided to pack up all my things, do six months in Malaysia and just see what happened. Because I was just kind of getting bored of like the, you know, like the student routine, you know, like going to classes, figuring like, okay, I have to study now. I got to make supper. I got to go to the gym, whatever, all those things. And I'm like, okay, I'm so sick of it. Let's just pack up, move to Malaysia, see what happens. So that was kind of like the huge change for me. Because first of all, like I met my partner there and he's from the Netherlands. So that was a huge thing of like, whoa, okay. Cross-continental, like this is crazy, whatever. So then, yeah, I I just decided like, okay, after Malaysia, I'm going to finish up school. And I went to school for a Bachelor of Science Kinesiology. So it's like the study of the human body. And I was always really interested in like fitness activity, like all that kind of stuff. And I was really like, okay, I want to be a physiotherapist when I'm graduated. Like I want to go into physiotherapy school and everything. After Malaysia, all of that went out the door. And I'm like, okay, I don't want that typical nine to five because like, I don't know. There's just something like for some people, it's really great and it works really well. But for me, I really knew that like, okay, this is not something that I want. I don't want to wake up every morning at say like 730, have to go like drive 15, 20 minutes, whatever into work. Then I have to, you know, like go and 
make lunch, come home, make supper, all of that stuff. And it's just the same day over and over. It's like you're living Groundhog Day. And for me, that was never in the books. So I was like, okay, what do I do with a kines degree? I don't know. <laughs> That's a big question. So then after I graduated, my partner, he flew to Canada and we decided, okay, let's go to Mexico for a couple, like couple months. So we spent about six weeks there learning Spanish and it was really awesome. I was like, okay, first of all, warm weather, this is perfect. Like no snowy Canada. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I fell in love with it. Then we decided to go to Colombia, and I loved Colombia. And I was like, okay, this is definitely something that I love to do. I love traveling. I love experiencing these new cultures. Um, at the time I applied to work for um, teaching English online and I was like, oh, this is super fun. And I like really liked the interaction with people online and everything. So I was like, okay, my life is perfect. This is great. And then COVID hit. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> so I moved back to Canada in with my parents with my partner. And we were here for about six months. And then, yeah, then his visa ran out. So then we had to decide, okay, what are we going to do? Is he going to go back to the Netherlands? Am I going to just stay in Canada? And then we're like, okay, well, we want to be together, of course. So we decided to both of us go over to the Netherlands. We moved in with his mom for a couple of months and then we're like, okay, well, we don't know how long this lockdown is going to last, right? Of course, everyone was like, what's going on here? We, to begin with, like in in Mexico, they were having this carnival and people were dressed up as the virus. Like they were making fun of it. Like, this is funny. So we're like, oh, it's not serious. Yeah. Flash forward a couple of months. Of course, it's very serious. So then, yeah, we flew to the Netherlands and we're like, okay, well, we don't know how long this is going to last. It could be one month, it could be six months, it could be a year, two years, whatever. So we're like, okay, let's do something where we can still kind of feed that travel bug a little bit, but still, of course, following those COVID rules, because of course, it was very strict and very rightfully so. So we decided, well, we've seen some things on Facebook, Instagram of these van lifers. We're like, let's give it a shot. So we went around all of the Netherlands to try to find a van that we wanted to buy we found one, like a perfect one. We bought it. And then we're like, oh, what did we just do? Like, we have zero background in like making anything, building anything. So we're like, okay, this is a good challenge. <laughs> so we decided to, yeah, just take everything out of the van. It was like this old builder's van. We took everything out of it. And then we started building this little home on wheels. And it took us about four months. And then after it was done, we were like, okay, this is, we love it. We couldn't believe how well it turned out because like I said, like we have zero background in it. So we're like, okay, let's, I mean, of course the borders were still closed, but our idea was kind of to just go like small town to small town, keeping distance from people still, but still being able to see a little bit new scenery, you know, feeding that, that travel bug. So we did that for a couple months and we kind of, you know, like went to these small towns in the Netherlands and like tried all the different cultural things, which was also kind of fun for my my partner because he's been in the Netherlands, but he hadn't gone to so many of those places. So it was kind of like experiencing your own culture like over again. So that was really fun. And then the borders opened and we're like, yes, this is awesome. So we started traveling all around. Like we went with a van to Germany and Czech and Poland and all these things. But then on the go, we were kind of like moving around place to place, sometimes like day to day. And I was starting to get like, I don't like this anymore. Like, I'm not excited to go traveling. I'm not excited to go into this new town. I've seen so many churches. I want to like rip my face off. <laughs> like it was horrible. And I'm like, why am I feeling like this? Like, I am so lucky to be able to live this life, to have this freedom. I chose this life. Why am I hating it? And then I realized, like, if I'm feeling this way, there's probably so many other people that are feeling this way. 
So it was just kind of like every day was different. We were going place to place. Every day we had to try to find like good service for our Wi-Fi so we could work from somewhere. And it was just so stressful. And it was like, why don't we just buy a house and get over with this? Because I'm done with traveling. I don't ever want to do this again. And I was like, why am I feeling like this? So I, you know, just kind of took a step back and was like, okay, I need to change something. I was like, I have a background in kinesiology. I've taken some nutrition courses. I've taken some like a personal trainer and everything. So I was like, I have the background to do this. So why don't I treat myself like a client? I'm going to try to build these small habits to create this routine that I can get out of this burnout. You know, like I want to love traveling again and I don't want to hate it because I mean, as a nomad, you chose that life to travel, right? You chose that life to have that freedom. But I didn't realize that with freedom, sometimes comes chaos, right? So you have all that freedom as as a nomad, you can wake up wherever you want to in whatever corner of the world you want to. But with that also comes the problem of you have, you can do that, right? But then it's like, okay, where am I going to wake up? Where do I find Wi-Fi? In a van, like we have, <laughs> this might be a little bit TMI, but we have like a little porta potty. And that was also something that we had to deal with. Like, okay, we have to decide where we're going to go to the bathroom even. Like we have to put that into our schedule. Like, are we going to go to a cafe? Because like we could use the toilet, but then you got to empty it. So we're like, no, we don't want to do that. So it was just kind of like, what is going on? I need to do this for myself. I need to build this routine that then I feel excited about traveling again. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of like this. And then I started to like add these small habits. I started to, you know, like cooking a little bit more myself. I started to like either finding gyms or doing bodyweight workouts, which I didn't do at all. The only activity I was doing beforehand was like walking. And again, like with my background, I knew what I was supposed to be doing, like being active, doing strength training and everything. But it's one thing knowing it and it's one thing putting it into action. And I could not put it into action with this lifestyle. So it was like with my background and I can't do that, then like good luck, you know, for, for people that like don't understand those things. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to help people then if I can do this for myself, I can help these like myself do this, build this routine. And it, it you know, like I'm still working on my routine. Every time I fly somewhere, my routine gets messed up and everything, but I know how to put it into place. And that was kind of like, okay, if I can do this for myself and I can get that you know, spunk back and excitement back about traveling, then I could help other nomads do that too. So that was kind of where I got into like coaching for nomads with nutrition and personal training and like building that routine so that you don't find that burnout. So you can travel as long as you want to, your burnout doesn't dictate how long you travel. So that was kind of, yeah, kind of how I got into it and where I am now. Wow, what an interesting story. Thank you for sharing all of that. I really love yeah, hearing you. about your journey and what that has looked like in the behind the scenes of how you felt. And, you know, you're like, why am I feeling these emotions when you're totally right? You know, I have the dream lifestyle that probably so many people would want. And so why am I feeling unfulfilled? Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. So yeah. I feel like I have so much to say on what you <laughs> have just shared. Um 
first of all, I'm wondering how in the heck did you learn to like, I think you said gut a van and then rebuild everything in the van and travel all over Europe? Like what, where does that even come from? Um, And then my second question in that is what are some of the action items or what does it look like for you when you land in a new place? And like you said, you know, it's kind of inevitable for your schedule to get a little bit messed up. You're maybe you're in a different time zone, you're in a different place in the world. Um, so what does that look like for you to try to keep it as on track as possible? So those are my two big questions that I got out of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so for the first one with the van, Total just like Googling things and YouTube. Those were our biggest things. Like we had no idea about anything. We're like, how do you build a van? Because of course it's a little bit different than like building things in a house because it's all like staying the same, right? In a van, it's all moving around and like, what the heck? But literally YouTube saved our lives. We watched so many videos (laughs) and that honestly saved our lives. So we 100% recommend if you ever want to build a van, check out some YouTube videos. Like there's some great channels about it. And yeah, it's honestly like step-by-step of how to build it. So it was perfect. Oh God. You can literally Google anything. Like it's actually true. I'm so shocked that you build, you know, everything inside your van from YouTube. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, I'm surprised by it too still. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then the second one, um, yeah, like, we try not to fly a lot, like, because that also, like, when you're at the airport and then, like, that full day, you kind of waste with flying and everything. And, like, we have the van to travel. So that's also a nice thing. But with flying, say, for example, like, on Saturday, we just flew back to Canada. And that entire day, I was just, like, zonked. I was a zombie. And then I'm familiar with this area. So it's a little bit easier to get back into that routine. But what I would recommend is that if, like, you're flying to a new place that you don't know, do a little bit of research beforehand, see where you're going to stay, try to find, if you haven't picked a place to stay yet, try to find a close grocery store, try to get like, you know, accustomed to the different foods in the different country. Because of course, like coming from Canada, moving to Europe, their food is totally different. And I was not like ready for that. I was like, okay, you know, for breakfast here, I have Cheerios and like lunch, you've got to like like sandwich, whatever. Europe, it's a totally different life. So then it's just kind of like, okay, what's the normal thing to eat while I can still get like a sort of home feeling from Canada and try to like get that cultural aspect of like, okay, I'm trying these new foods, but I still have that comfort from home, if that makes sense. So then, yeah, just like trying to find a grocery store that's close to where you're staying. Also, if you are into like going to the gym and stuff, try to find a gym before you get there. And then just like make sure that the area is also, you know, maybe you can walk around and get to know it as soon as you land there just to get like homey feeling. Because I totally understand that as soon as you land at the airport and you go to your house, like sometimes or, like your new Airbnb, whatever, sometimes it's very overwhelming. And you're like, OK, new place, new language, new food, new everything. I don't know where I am. And it's just totally overwhelming. Then your day to day life is completely like turned upside down. So it's really like familiarizing yourself with it beforehand and then getting to like, okay, this is, you know, I'm comfortable now where I am. And then also doing a little bit of sightseeing, like how you would as a normal nomad, like you go out and see all these different things and, you know, get to get used to your new place. Um, You know, some people change like week to week where they're staying. Some people change month to month. So definitely like that might not work for people that change week to week. 
but it's really just yeah getting used to the the surroundings again and like trying to make that feel as homey as possible Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such an important part of it to really feel like you're at home. And you're totally right. It can be so overwhelming when you land somewhere or you, you know, in your case, maybe drive somewhere, but it's a new country and you're like, I have no idea these roads and I don't know how to get to my Airbnb and I don't know what I'm going to eat. So um, how does food come into play with traveling, especially traveling full time. And again, being in a new country, not knowing the food, wanting to eat healthy, maybe your Airbnb or wherever you're staying doesn't have a kitchen. So what are some of these struggles that you have faced? And what are some ways to mitigate that as a nomad being on the road? Yeah, so for you know, what, what I try to do is when we rent Airbnbs, I try to find ones with kitchens, but of course, maybe that's not feasible for some people. And maybe that's not something that's, you know, like available. So for people that don't have that kitchen area, the biggest thing, like maybe it is cheaper to eat out and everything. What I would recommend then is if you are eating out all the time, try to find a more, let's say nutritional food on the menu. So instead of just going for like burgers and fries all the time, maybe try to find like some you know, like some vegetables or fruit that's alongside that burger or something like that. It doesn't have to be perfect. What I like to tell my clients also is like eating on a spectrum. So all foods aren't bad and all foods aren't good. You just want to try to find, like you want to try to eat more foods that are, let's say, quote unquote, more nutritious versus foods that are less nutritious. So it's just kind of like, you can still enjoy all of those cultural foods that when you're in your new country, like that's, for me, that's the most exciting part. Like when we went to Italy, you best believe I was eating all of the spaghetti, all of the pasta dishes, lasagna, you name it, I was eating everything. So it's just kind of like, you know, you want to try all those cultural different foods in those different countries, but you still want to be aware of, you know, like eating pasta all the time without having those vegetables in it. Like it also takes a toll on your body, right? It's also like you need to make sure that you're giving yourself that energy that you need to be able to continue to travel. Because if you're constantly eating those like heavy, dense, like calorie dense foods, then that's also going to take a toll on your energy levels as well. So yeah, what I would recommend then is just finding more nutritious foods on a menu if you're eating out all the time, or just buying fresh fruits and vegetables at a local market. Lots of those times that, you know, like, especially like those Eastern European countries as well, we've been to a lot of the times, they have fresh, amazing markets, also in South America as well, that you can just go pick your your whatever you want. And then you've got your snacks throughout the day and then go and eat out. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of finding that balance between, like I said earlier, also like the cultural food, making it feel like home and trying to find that nutrition, like that nutritious, dense food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great tip. Um, and I think, you know, easier said than done sometimes. Yes. And I'm sure you have experienced that as well. But I think to really keep that front of mind, especially when you know that what you're doing is something long term, and you're building a lifestyle out of it. And I think, you know, I've had these conversations on other podcasts of the differences between having short-term travel and a short-term travel mindset versus having a long-term travel mindset when like maybe it's indefinite you don't know when it's going to end or it's going to be a year or two years and you are really full-time nomading I think um, there is a lot more mindfulness that has to come into play with that absolutely yeah yeah and it also kind of goes along like you just mentioned with that vacation mindset because when people are going on vacation it's a free for all, right? Like you go out to eat like almost three meals a day, you're enjoying it, you're having your tequila sunrise on the beach, and it's great. But as nomads, like, cool, if you're doing that for a couple weeks, but 
for a couple months or a couple years, you can't sustain that, right? It's not something that is going to make you feel good later on. And it's not something that's, you know, sustainable for your lifestyle then. Yeah, totally. Totally. So while we're on the topic of food, I would love for you to share some recipes that you have found that are easy to make while on the road, while traveling, while being a full-time nomad. Yeah, of course. So I do have um, on my website, if you go to www.coachshandy, shandy is S-H-A-N-D-I, dot com backslash free. Um, I have a free recipe ebook for you guys to download. And you can see, I think there's like 16 different recipes on there that you can check out and try them for yourselves. My all time favorite one that I go to all the time, you don't need a kitchen for it. It's the protein balls. So you just really take like a thing of like a cup of protein and then you have um, some chocolate chips in there to make it taste good, some peanut butter, everything. And then I just take that with me, like if we're going on a hike or something or if we're going around the town and I don't want to like stop and like pay a lot of money for snacks on the way, I just take those and it's great. So there's a ton of those little like snack things that you can take in that recipe ebook that's really nice that I really like I eat them all the time when we're traveling that also kind of makes me feel homey and hopefully the the listeners as well that they try it out and see if it also works for them but yeah I really love them so Ooh, that sounds so good so I have a question based on that because I love you know the protein balls and all of these really delicious healthy things but I find something I struggle with and I'm sure a lot of other nomads face as well is that on the road, especially in, you know, right now I'm in Colombia. I think I would struggle to find a good protein somewhere that isn't online in a store that I trust that is vegan and, you know, not all of the other things that are advertised as healthy, but are not healthy a lot of the time. So what do you do to kind of find these things that, you know, if we're back in Canada or the States, you can order it on Amazon and I would totally trust it or go into a local health food store, but that's not always readily available in other countries. So what do you usually do in a situation like that? Yeah. So if I can't find like a protein, um, like substance or something, then I just try to find some fresh foods that are very high in protein then. So whether that be nuts or like for me, I I do eat meat. So that's a little bit easier for the like vegans or vegetarians. It's a little bit harder to get that protein, but really try to focus on, you know, like going into that grocery store. What I like to do with my clients as well is also like we just do FaceTime and then they take me into the grocery store where they're going And then we kind of shop together. So they're like, okay, what's the best thing that I can get? Like best thing about protein is that makes you feel fuller for longer. So it's a nice snack, right? So then we go through the grocery store. Okay, what's let's look at the nutrition label together. What's the highest thing in protein? Let's talk about nuts. Let's talk about eggs. Let's talk about these different things. Um, And you can make little egg bites that you can take maybe like with a kitchen, of course, that you can take then on the go. Um, just small things like that, that of course it makes it a little bit harder and it's definitely a challenge on the go, but it's nice to have someone also there to accompany you there as well. So you're not just facing it alone. You have someone, okay, let's go together, kind of hold your hand. Let's go through this grocery store together. Let's figure it out together. Yeah, I like that. And keeping them accountable as well for eating healthy, because sometimes it can be so easy to go into a grocery store, especially in a new country and be like, "Ooh, I want to try this and this and this. And it's probably (laughs) not always the healthiest thing ever. So I'm sure it's nice for that accountability too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I would love to chat about building your business and being an entrepreneur while on the road. So what did that look like for you? How long have you been in business? And 
what did it look like for you to really start something probably when you were in the middle of traveling? Um, and what are some of the obstacles that you faced within that? Yeah, so it was crazy. It was a big change because like I said earlier, I was doing kind of freelancing, uh, teaching English online to begin with. And I, I liked it, but I knew that that wasn't something for me. So I wanted to do something that First of all, I don't really like the idea of like working for someone else to like make them money and then I get a set pay and I don't really have any incentive to work. For me, it was like I can build something that I can like make as much out of it and also provide a lot of, you know, a lot of information for people, a lot of everything. So I was like, okay, I want to start something myself. And with my background in kinesiology, I was like, okay, well, I want to do something fitness based because I love fitness. I love nutrition. I love cooking. I love all these things. So I was like, okay, what can I do here that I can then help other people all the way around the world? So I started, I think a year and a half ago, I started my Instagram page and I think I posted once in like four months and I was like, oh, I don't want people seeing me. I don't want this. Like, I don't want to be in the spotlight. I hated showing my face. And then I felt like, oh, I don't know anything about what I'm talking about. People are going to think that I'm like, like fake, whatever. And then you know, six months flash forward. Then I had another nomad friend and she was just like, just go for it. Like, who cares what people think? Just try it out. See what happens. If it flunks, it flunks. She's like, you're definitely passionate about this. You love nutrition. You love these things. And like, maybe you're not the best at it yet, but you have to try in order to get better at it. So it's like, okay, that's a nice, like nice way to think about it. Because I mean, everyone has to start somewhere, right? Everyone, even the person that has like a million dollar business, that had to start somewhere. So it's kind of like, okay, let's get over this, this feeling of like, I'm not good enough. Then I started posting like twice a week. Now I started posting three times a week and I started getting more engagement. I started engaging with different nomads. And I really realized at that moment, like I had a lot to give to people. I know what I'm talking about with these things. And like, of course, I'm not perfect. I don't have the perfect routine here. Like I said earlier, also, like when I flew back to Canada, my mind is like, what is going on? But that also kind of makes me human, right? No one's perfect. And if I can figure out, you know, how to adjust and how to get over these things, I can also help people, other people do that as well. So that was kind of like, you know, a mindset change of, okay, I want to do this. I want to help people. I want to do, you know, have my own business. I want to be able to have the freedom to work wherever I want to and, you know, nomad freedom of like, you know, like all those things. So, yeah, that was just kind of how I got into it. And then I, you know, decided that like, okay, I'm going to work for it and I'm going to get it. And it's been long and it's kind of like I always use this analogy of like you're taking these steps and you don't think that you're going very high, like very far in them because it's just these little tiny steps and you're looking back and you're like, Oh, I haven't done anything. But then when you look down, you realize how high you are and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm getting there. So you just keep taking those small steps. And that also goes hand in hand with what I help with my clients is building those habits. You don't see those habits actually being built until you look back six months before and you realize, okay, I have gone a long way and I am getting better and I am able to make the sustainable lifestyle that I can then continue doing for as long as I want. Oh my gosh. 
such words of wisdom. You're talking and I'm just nodding along like, yes, yes. Like I love everything you're saying. Um, so if you saying that, and thank you for sharing all of that, yeah, I'm curious you. for somebody listening who is wanting to start something of their own, something that they're passionate in, especially because you mentioned, you know, you don't want to show your face online. And I think a lot of people feel that way and it can be very intimidating. So how did that look for you in the very beginning? And then how did you get your first client? Was that from social media? Was that from networking? Where did that come from? Especially when, you know, you are, of, of course, not now, but at the beginning, Beginning, maybe a little bit more fearful of showing up online and not really knowing if you're the expert in your industry, which obviously you are. Um, but it's just that mental shift that you really have to have in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's still not easy. It's not one of those things that it's like, okay, overnight, now I'm fine. I'm confident in everything. Every time I post a reel, I'm like, oh, did I look okay? That is it okay. Like, are people going to judge me? And then it's like, okay, let's take a step back. I'm giving information for people that can then take it or leave it. There's going to be people saying maybe not some nice things about you in the comments. Brush it off as best as you can. Of course, that's easier said than done, but just get out there. It's never going to be the perfect time to do it. Of course, that sounds very cliche, but I think it's cliche for a reason. It's never going to be the perfect time to like post your first video or post your first Instagram post. It's never going to be the, the best time to put your name out there and and anything like that. My first client, I um, decided like after I was posting for a little bit, I wanted to put some free workouts in my hometown where I was visiting again. And I had someone come up to me and were like, wow, I didn't know you were doing like this personal training and everything. Like, oh, cool. Let's, you know, like, let's talk a little bit about it. And they were saying that they're struggling with their routine. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I can help you with that. They had no idea what I was doing because I was just starting to post about things. And I was like, okay, that was kind of the mental shift for me. It's like, okay, people don't know what I'm doing because I'm not talking about it. So I need to tell people what I offer in order for people to understand like that I can help them with these things. So the biggest thing that I can recommend is just getting your name out there. Talk about where you're passionate about and talk about how you can help people because people don't know that you can help them unless you talk about it. And that's it's hard. It's not easy, but it's one of those things that it's like, you own a business, you have to talk about your business, right? So, yeah, totally. And I think especially when you have a business that can be done from anywhere in the world, something that's online, it can be very intimidating to talk about it because you're like, oh, I can just do it anywhere. And like, I know what I'm doing, but just because you know what you're doing doesn't mean that the rest of the world knows what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I totally felt the same way when I first started my journey. And now I'm sure you feel the same way. It's so funny to see how far you've come. Like you said, those little baby steps. And then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, now I like post something. It's like, I don't care how I look. Well, you know, to a degree, but it's definitely not what it was at the beginning. And it's, it's yeah. the value that you're providing people and just putting yourself out there so that people can see what you're doing. And I have so many comments of people going, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that you have knowledge of this or, Oh my gosh, I didn't know X, Y, Z that you do this. And it's like, yes, exactly. And that is really why you need to put yourself out there. You don't know what will happen unless you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it is also a little bit different as nomads too, right? Because when you're an entrepreneur and you have a home base and you have a hometown, then you can really like promote it in the hometown. You can really talk about it and you can get people like one-on-one face-to-face. But when you're a nomad and you're moving all over the place, that just adds that extra level of intensity, right? Like how hard is it, first of all, to go in your hometown to talk about you? 
versus going out in a new country with new languages, trying to find new people talking about what you do that you're already nervous about talking about. It's like these things add up and you're like, okay, can I even do this? Because I am scared to step out the door now. Like I'm terrified. But it's one of those things that it's like every time you do it, it gets a little bit easier. And then it's just kind of like pushing yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone to be like, okay, I can't grow unless I change something that I'm doing right now. I'm going to stay exactly how I am if I don't change anything. So if I want to become better with these things, I have to make these small changes and I have to push myself out of that comfort zone. And as a nomad, of course, like we have that freedom, but it also, it makes it a lot harder, but it also makes it more like, you know, like you feel so much more prouder of yourself when you can accomplish those things because it's like, hey, I did this, you know, like I did it and I did it in this different country and I'm promoting my business all over the world. And it's one of those things you're like, look back, you're like, yeah, it's kind of badass. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I love that you say you look back because again, it just comes back to like in the moment, in the small moments that lead that comprise of marketing your business and being all over the world and sharing your business doesn't seem like much. But then you look back and it's like, oh my gosh, I did that from 10 different countries or yeah. whatever that number is. So So my last question for you today, which you may have already answered, but I love everything you've said. So I want as much of your input as possible. What is one thing that you wish you had have known in the beginning of your business that you know now? Oof, one thing. I think the biggest thing is networking. Like you can't, uh, you can't do it all by yourself and you're going to wear yourself out if you try to do it by yourself. So I think the best thing about being a nomad is that there's nomads in every single corner of the world. You can go to any country and there's going to be like a nomad community. And when you go there, it's really like, it's totally different than any other community. I feel like because nomads usually are more open. They're more like willing to help each other out and everything. So the best thing that I could give advice for is like, go to those nomad meetups, go and meet people and tell them what you're doing, like what your business is and just kind of be like, Hey, if I can help you out, then you help me out kind of thing. And it really creates that bond of like, then it also feels more like home as well. When you're in a different country and everything, you go to this nomad meetup, you have people that you understand what they're going through because you're going through the exact same thing and you connect to that different level. And then who knows, like maybe you find a new client or maybe you find a new business partner or maybe they know someone who knows someone who knows someone that needs your help or something like that. Like it's really all about networking in any business whatsoever, whether you're selling products, whether you're selling services, whether you're doing anything like that, it's all about networking. So like I said earlier, it's hard to get out of that comfort zone of like, okay, I have to talk to people, especially as an introvert. Like, I don't know if you can tell, but I am a huge introvert. I get so nervous. Like my hands were so sweaty before this. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't do this. But it's really just stepping out of that comfort zone, getting through it and being like, hey, like I said earlier, you're a badass. You can do this. Keep it going. Keep talking to people, networking, expanding all throughout the world. And it's perfect. That's how you're going to get places. Amazing. Thank you. Perfect last words. I so, so appreciate everything you have shared in this episode today. So where can people find you online? Because definitely people are going to want to be checking you out. Yeah, of course. So I have um, all over the place. I have Instagram, TikTok, 
YouTube, Facebook, and it's all Coach Shandy at Coach Shandy. And Shandy is with an I at the end. So perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. If this episode has served you in any way, I would love it if you shared what you've learned or a part of the episode that you loved by tagging me on Instagram at nomadneeks. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that I can continue to bring you educational content, learn and grow together. Thank you for your support and see you in the next episode of the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast.